So, Matt, what do you call a cow with no legs? <laughs> Lunch, I reckon. I don't know. Ground beef. <laughs> I was on the right track. Yep, you were. <laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. All right, everybody, here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Hey, I'm I'm doing pretty good. I, good. I reckon uh for all that uh all that has transpired in the last week, <laughs> I guess. Right. It's it's like an adventure. It's like what the hell happened this week? Right. But see, it's not <laughs> I prefer the choose your own adventures, and these are not these adventures are being chosen for you. So I feel like, yeah, I, I okay, that's a good analogy. I feel like I'm stuck in one of those books, and somebody else is making the choices, and they're making all the wrong ones. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, and go back as a character, you're screaming at them. No, two chapters back, you made a wrong turn. Go back. Go back. Yeah. Go back. Ugh. <laughs> All right, so real quick, we wanted to thank Podbelly. Go to podbelly.com and check them out. We're proud members of the Podbelly Network, and you can find a whole lot of different podcasts that you may not have ever heard of, and you can find how to record your own podcast if you're you know, tired of sitting at home for the 14 years that we've been sitting at home doing nothing and you want to expend some energy, then Podbelly has you know some good ways of the software, telling you what software to get and what mics to use and all that kind of stuff. So go check them out at podbelly.com. Another thing, remember, we have a new P.O. box. So down in the show notes or on the website or whatever is the address to the P.O. box, and you can go send us something if you would like to. Um, as we always say, please no fresh fruit. Um, <laughs> no perishables, no live animals. Right, right. <laughs> Um, no batteries or you know, lithium, ba- whatever they ask you in the post office. Don't do any of that stuff. It's just containing batteries and or fireworks. Right, right. Um, flammable liquids. Yeah. Um, on that note, we would like to thank Freya for sending us postcards. Uh, Matt, did you get the picture of the postcards I sent you? I did. And, and I, I want to know, because... Um, Freya, you said you were out of all the uh, the not safe for work postcards. I want I want to see what a not safe for work postcard looks like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you know, it, it, I can I can imagine, and then I'm like, this is just floating through the mail, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we will take any postcards you want to send us. Safe for work, not safe for work, whatever. Yeah. Um, and we also got a couple of t-shirts and there was no name on them. So I don't know who to think. Um, so if you, thank you, yes, thank you for the shirts. Um, the, for everybody out there, they are, uh, t-shirts that have a whole bunch of different cheeses on them. And it says, 
we are nothing uh, without the cheese. So love those shirts. Those are great. That's right. Um, so we, we appreciate you sending us those. Um, message us or email us if you're the one that sent it to us. Um, we uh, we don't yeah. know who to say thank you to. So claim, claim it so we can thank you properly. Exactly. Um, on the topic of thanking people we don't do this every episode um but it is in our show notes we'd like to thank jeff for helping with all the research um especially with as crazy as it's been here in the graveyard south and the graveyard east um we have needed the help so jeff thank you very much for everything that you've done for us um and we also have a a voicemail so if you would like to send us a voicemail, we may play these on an episode, on a bonus episode or something. So yes, if you keep it, keep it PG 13. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, something like that. Or, uh, or Adam can bleep it. Man. I, yeah, I can bleep it. Um, you know, and if you don't want it played on an episode, just say in the message, hey, don't play this on an episode and we won't do it. Uh, but if you want to leave us a voicemail, our voicemail is 430 558 1304 so leave us a voicemail and uh you know boost our egos or something like that yeah who knows maybe we'll uh maybe we'll start letting y'all uh record the outro or something hey there you go that'd be fun (laughs) so on that note matt tell us what are we talking about tonight so tonight we are we're looking into an interesting phenomenon that uh, ha- has occurred at least in this country, uh, recognizably since the 1970s. Right now, it's it's kind of come and gone, but just about every year you will have an incident like this where people kind of step up and take notice, and they try to come up with explanations, and you get all the all the 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 crazy, you know, oh, it was this, it was that, it was you know, whatever. But the truth is, we don't know. And so tonight, Adam and I are going to discuss the bizarre cases of cattle mutilations. Oh, yeah. And I've been intrigued with this for a while, (laughs) Matt. This has been, I I have always found this fascinating. I know. It's it's one of those weird things that you're, you're just like, why does this continue to happen? And why don't we have answers? Right. It, it just seems so odd. And and there's a lot of the usual suspects that come out as far as explanations go every time one of these situations occurs. Right. And but none of them, none of them completely explain. You know how and why there's there's always some aspect of it that makes you go, nah, it couldn't be that maybe this. Um, yeah, but you know that it doesn't explain this aspect of it. So we're going to kind of get into those things as to why, um, you know, there's not a, a one fit answer right? that, that can just go, okay, we can put this cattle mutilation thing to bed. We know what's going on. And, yep. um, but it's just not there yet. And, you know, we're talking about stuff that's happened for the last 50 years. Um, at least think we'd been able to figure it out by now. Yep. Exactly. But we're going to kind of get into what you know what exactly constitutes a cattle mutilation, um, you know when and and how they occur and and what are some of the details. So there are some graphic descriptions in here 
Um, it's nothing horrific, but if you've got uh, sensitive ears listening to it, you you may want to say maybe not this part. Right. Um, and you know, if you don't like the hearing about animals being hurt, this is not the episode for you. I wouldn't imagine. Right. right. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, if you if you if you grew up on a farm, or if you've got kids that grow up on a farm, then they they could be able to tell Adam and I things that would gross us out. So <laughs> they'll be fine. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so in order to talk about it, we've got to know exactly you know, what cattle mutilations are. And, you know, like we always say, go down to the bottom of the show notes, check our links. You can follow along or you can, you know, keep going and find out some other stuff that maybe we didn't touch on. But so what are cattle mutilations? Well, these are, quote, incidents that have been reported regarding dead animals, mostly in farms with certain organs missing, and no proof of anyone coming or going. They usually involve the evisceration and or disfiguring of livestock. And so they're called cattle mutilations. They don't always happen to cows. Yeah. Just farm (laughs) animals. Yeah, farm animals in general. Right. You know, it's it's not cows and sheep and horses. We've, we've We've seen it all. So investigators in the 1960s actually started taking it as a strong indication of alien involvement and stories spread far and wide about extraterrestrial beings lifting creatures up into their spacecraft. And, you know, they were conducting these gruesome experiments and then sending the mutilated carcasses back and just kind of dropping them off. And we'll talk about why that's a theory here in a little bit, but. And the fact that Earth seems to be the universe's trash can. I know, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, well, we're done with well, this. We Where do we put it? Go put it on Earth. Yeah, we don't need this. Just drop it anywhere. Yeah. You know. The Earthlings won't mind. They do worse. <laughs> now, Matt was saying, you know, that it's been happening since the 1970s on a regular basis, but there are some cases from quite a bit before that that might you know possibly fit into the cattle mutilation theory so let's touch on some of those real quick so in the 1600s some of the first occurrences are said to maybe uh, have occurred and they're they're similar in nature to what happens today Um, there were sheep that were found to have uh, very specific organs missing And people who spoke about the cattle mutilations at the time said it was a satanic force that was causing it or something that was of an unearthly nature. So then it wasn't really aliens that they were saying, but it was, you know, demons or devils or something that was causing these animals to be mutilated like they were. Now, another really early case that may or may not be a case, and we'll figure out why here in a second, have an April 21st, 1897. Now, this is in Leroy, Kansas, and a rancher named... <laughs> I just thought, <laughs> Leroy, Kansas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I ever get into movies, Matt, that's going to be my stage name. You know? What, so, Leroy Jenkins? Leroy, Kansas. Oh, Leroy, Kansas? Yeah, so if you if you ever see me in movies... My name in the credits will be Leroy, Kansas. 
and your partner, Johnny Oklahoma. Exactly. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Johnny Oklahoma. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Now, there was a rancher named Alexander Hamilton. Yes, that was his real name. Um, <laughs> his name was Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> Yeah, we've only we've only seen that about a hundred times at my house. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, he was awoken by an odd humming noise coming from his field of cattle. Now, he and two of his friends went outside to investigate the source of this sound, and they witnessed something that shocked them. They said it was a UFO hovering above the pasture. Now, according to all these men's testimonies, the craft was around 300 feet long and cigar-shaped. 300 feet long? That's a, that's the size of a football field. It's big, that, man. That's huge. It's big. So, yeah, a really big cigar-shaped craft that was apparently hovering above this guy's field. Uh, they said it appeared to be of a translucent material with six occupants visible inside. So it's like the clear shower curtain. You know, that you don't pull the um, solid shower curtain over. So you're just seeing these six <laughs> figures behind the clear the shower curtain. Yeah. 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 It's like the invisible jet that Wonder Woman had. Yeah, exactly. So when the airship approached a young cow, it cried out and attempted to escape. But instead, it became entangled in the fencing. Now, there was a rope caught around its neck and it extended upward. According to Hamilton, quote, we tried to get it off, but we could not. So we cut the wires loose to uh, to see the ship, heifer and all, rise slowly, disappearing into the northwest. So apparently they pulled it up with a rope into the ship. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We've all seen the pictures. We've all seen the cartoons mm -hmm. of... You know, beam beaming up the cows. You know, the cows right. lifts off the light and everything, and they're like, so these these aliens that could fly a spaceship the size of a football field are like trying to trying to rodeo a cow. Yep, exactly. From exactly. a spaceship, they they were they were great at lassoing. <laughs> um, they had one young alien who had been practicing lassoing since he was a kid, and. That's how they decided to get them up in the ship was just lasso them around the neck and yank them up. So <laughs> can you imagine the Jose lead standing up there at the thing? You know, how are we going to get this? How are we going to get this thing up here? Yeah. I don't know. Does anybody Zork, do you have any rope? <laughs> <laughs> and after they get yeah. it up there, the, the elder comes up to him and goes, we have a tractor beam. Why did you get the rope? We have a beam. We just sucked four humans up with it. <laughs> yeah, you I forgot. I think it'll work that, on a cow. <laughs> you forgot that quickly, huh? But we use the tractor beam for this. You know, we the the humans figured the rope out. We had to come up with something else. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now the reason I said this story may or may not be true is because people who knew Hamilton said he was known to be a storyteller. You know, of tall tales. So yeah. It's quite possible that this 300-foot-long spaceship with cowboy aliens in it did not actually appear there. You know how this happens. This happens with Brooks all the time. He's, he's trying to tell you something, and he, 
he's 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 so excited about it, and he's wanting to tell you either how far something was or how big something was, and he's like, "Oh man, it was so it was huge," and and it was like you know, uh, it was like thirty five hundred thousand feet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> was it now? You know. <laughs> yeah. Really. It was it was a kajillion feet long. <laughs> and, and so that's when I get this picture that this this Hamilton is going. It was at least you know three uh, hundred feet. Yeah. Yeah. And it like three hundred feet, huh? Okay. And they had a they had this rope. It was a space rope. <laughs> And they hooked my heifer around the neck, and when I cut it loose from the fence, they uh, yanked her up into the ship. This is just this is just another case of alien rodeo. That's exactly, all it is, you know. And again, Earth is the the practice ground for the alien rodeo. <laughs> That's right. So we kind of mentioned what cattle mutilation was but but we need to look at some of the physical characteristics that when people see these they go yep okay that is considered a cattle mutilation case because cattle die often you know i mean it's yeah. uh, there's always if you're around farm animals there's always death on a farm so just a dead cow is not going to be considered cattle mutilation so we need to look at the physical characteristics Thank you for letting us in. We are the Haunted Heart. Two best friends joined together by a twisted fascination with magic, madness, and the macabre. Join us on our journey where we are sometimes deep. Some. What? Did the music just cut out? Oh, shit. I can't hear it, Kenny. Is it? I can't hear it either. Did you not get a clip that was long enough for the promo? Oh, God. Oh, you know what? You know what? F*** it. We're trash talent. That's a fair point. This is a podcast for people who like trash. And we are trash. And we like to talk about all things macabre, witchy, true crime, and anything else our little haunted hearts fancy. So join us for new episodes every Wednesday. Tune in to The Haunted Heart wherever you listen to podcasts. And And as as always, always, stay stay spooky. All of the animals, the the cuts and everything on them seem to be clean and carried out surgically. So all the cuts on an animal look like surgical scalpel cuts. They seem to be drained of blood and show no sign of blood in the immediate area or around the wounds. So if this was done where they're laying, you would think, okay, there'd be blood all over the cattle. Yeah. And there would be blood in the field where they're laying because you cut something, it bleeds. I mean, yeah, I That's would say it try it, but let's not try that. You know, you you go to skin something, even dead, blood is going to come out of the body. Yeah, unless it's been dead a while. Right. But, but even that was then, the thing. There's, there's going to be juices. Yeah, but there'd be blood in the body. Right. Um. You know, they're talking about these these things look like they've been drained. Right. And, and, you know, if there's no blood in the body and there's no blood on the ground around the area, then where did it go? Exactly. And, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, look, try and do this and, and not spill a drop, not leave any evidence that 
you removed all the blood from this animal. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. pretty, that's a tall order, man. I mean, you know, it's take, take a lot of visqueen. Yeah. <laughs> you got to work quick. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things is, okay, they say, well, it was probably done elsewhere and then the body dumped there. That's why there's no blood, right? Clean it yeah, up. So there's, so there's like a serial cow murderer. Right. But what gets that, uh, what, what debunks that is there are no footprints leading in or leading out of the site where the cow is found, not even their own footprints, which we'll talk yeah. about that a little bit more in a minute. But it's not like they were, you don't see a drag mark. You don't see tire treads from them being, you know, you try picking up a cow and throwing it on your back and carrying it over to where yeah. you're going to dump it. That's not going to work. So yeah. you would have to put it on a sled or something. And there's no tracks moving in or out from from the area. Yeah, I mean you you might you might as well be trying to carry like a you know a a, a Ford Fiesta. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, Pretty cows much. weigh like a, a thousand pounds. Yep. And we'll talk <laughs> you're just, about you're the just age. not going to be able to haul one around. Right. We'll talk about the age of these cattle in a minute and. It's not, they're not babies, you know, they're, they're not little cows that you could pick up. So now, according to a survey that was taken by the National Institute for Dis Discovery Science or NIDS, who we've talked about before in the Skinwalker Ranch episode, mutilation of the cattle, usually it's 59% I. These are things that were mutilated or taken. 59% eye, 42% tongue, 85% of their genitals were taken, 76% of their rectums were taken. So it's specific parts of the cattle that's being taken. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these being from all over the world, you know, how do they... If it if it's people doing it, how do they decide? Okay, we're always taking these parts. Yeah, because they're not necessarily taking the tastiest parts. No, <laughs> so it's not something where they're saying, "Well, we can kill this cow and we can steal some meat." Mm -hmm. You know, what what they're what you're stealing, I'm not eating. Right? Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. I don't, and I know people eat tongue, and I'm not eating tongue. I'm not eating anything that can taste me back. Yep, la lengua. Yeah, uh-uh. Amanda tries to get me to do that every time. We we go to, a, there's a Mexican restaurant up the street, mm -hmm. and the food is great. It's probably, you know, our favorite place. But, you know, they've got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's there. You can get it on a taco. I ain't touching it. You know, I know. You know, I'm just, I, I know what it is. Yeah. You know, I'll, and so I'm out. I would it try it. delicious. I would try it one time. Are you from Texas? Yeah. <laughs> if I like it, I'll, I'll keep eating it, but I'll give it a shot. Now, according to Dr. Howard Burgess, and I'm wondering if he's related to Forrest from Astonishing Legends. <laughs> you never know. He He's not going to give it up. He's not going to tell us. That's true. But Forrest, if you're listening to this, shoot me a text and just let me know if this Dr. Howard Burgess is related to you because I want some more information. <laughs> get, a, get a no. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but according to Dr. Howard Burgess, nearly 90% of the mutilated cattle are between four and five years old. So that's what we were talking about. These are not baby cows. These are yeah. older cows. They're in the range of 600 to 1,000 pounds, depending mm-hmm. on the breed of cattle. So you're talking something that you're not just going to throw this thing on your shoulders and, and dump it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> now... Some of these mutilations are said to occur in very brief periods. So it's not like Matt had said a minute ago, if, if it's been dead for a while, it won't bleed. A lot of these, they're not like the cow hasn't been missing for a while. The cow was seen the night before or mm-hmm. an hour or two before this happened. And then they are found that way. So they're they're pretty, you know, freshly dead in that sense. So we need to look at uh, look at this, and then in in Rio Arriba County, and I tried to get that double R in there. So <laughs> Rio Arriba County, New Mexico, uh, June 1976, there was a trail of suction like impressions in quotes that was found leading from a mutilated three year old cow. So the indentations were in a tripod form four inches in diameter and 28 inches apart, and they disappeared about 500 feet from the dead cow. They say similar incidents were reported in the area in 1978. So there are some quote-unquote impressions near it, but it's not footprints. It's not tire treads. It's not, you know, like sled marks where you've been dragging a sled in there. It looks like something sat down. Bunk. And created these large circular indentations, like you'd be putting up a tripod or something. Mm-hmm. Now, most of these cattle, mutila- cattle mutilation incidents occur along the 37th parallel. And Matt and I have talked about doing an episode on the 37th parallel because it's incredibly weird. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, on an aside, we talk about doing an episode about a lot of things. Yep. And and it's not that we don't want to. It's it's not that we're so booked out that we couldn't. It's that we forget. <laughs> <laughs> I would say and, yeah, and, about sixty percent of it is that is forgetting. We, we have we we had this discussion tonight. Mm-hmm. Before we went, we started recording about what we've got coming up. And you know what? The 37th parallel wasn't even mentioned. Right. And, <laughs> and we have talked about this many times. We just got through researching a topic that discussed it, and it wasn't even on the list. Right. right. <laughs> That's how bad it gets. When you've got this much stuff rattling around in your head, <laughs> you can't, you're like, oh, man. Yeah, we, exactly. we ought to do a show about that. That's why we have a, a running list of the topics, but, you know, it, know. It, that doesn't help either because we'll no, see it, it and then forget and move on. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I may, I'm, uh, you know, I'm making, I'm making jokes, but, but literally, you know, we, we do talk about this a lot and, and actually we are, we're, we're catching up with some of those things that we've mentioned or that you guys have mentioned to us. And and I try to let y'all know if you if you tell me something I, you know we may not we're not ignoring you it just it may not be time for us to do it but most likely um 
We've heard about it, but keep doing it because a lot of you guys will send us stuff that we've never even heard of. Absolutely. And, and even if we don't know, do it immediately, it goes on our list. Right. We have, right. you know, a ton of pages in a Word document of topics, and a lot of them have come from you guys. So yeah, exactly. they're there and we will do them. So keep sending us topics. If you see something you think is cool and you want to hear us do it, send it to us. Yeah. All right. Aside over. All right. So most of these happen along the 37th parallel, and this is stretching from Chesapeake Bay to Santa Cruz, California. The 37th parallel has been called the quote unquote UFO highway or the paranormal highway. Yeah. So this is something that we're definitely going to talk about, but it's just weird that a lot of these cattle mutilation cases happen along the UFO highway. Now, as we just touched on a minute ago, though not all of the cases are the same, there are some common findings. Like we said, the reproductive organs appear to be targeted, um, as are the lips, eyes, and ears. Now, some of them have incisions in their flesh that appear surgical in nature. So again, clean, surgical-like cuts in these animals. Keep that in mind when we talk about theories and everything else. These are clean, looks like they're done with a scalpel. They're not torn. They don't have jagged edges. These are clean cuts. Now, the mutilated animals are sometimes but not always reported to have been drained of blood and show no sign of blood in the immediate area around the wounds. So, again, just like we talked about, we'll get to theories, but... (laughs) Some of the theories you're going to say with these surgical cuts and with no blood being around, how can that be possible? So just keep all this in mind. That's why I wanted to repeat it is because I wanted you to keep that in mind. Now, according to reports, nearly 90% of mutilated cattle are between the ages of four and five years old. Again, just remember. Now, there are other mysteries regarding cattle mutilations that don't involve the corpses themselves. For example, there has been at least one report of a seemingly military helicopter being in the area at the same time of a cattle mutilation. So that's kind of weird. Why would military helicopters be around? Unless they're chasing off a UFO like they've been said to have done before. Well, yeah, I mean, that's... That's kind of where, where they're going with that. Right. Um, again, like we just talked about, the absence of tracks or footprints around the site of a mutilated carcass is often considered to be a hallmark of cattle mutilation cases, um, including those the animals would have made in their last moments. So not only are there not any footprints from someone coming in or out, the footprints of the cattle are not there. So... That's a little weird too. You you don't see footprints of the cow walking to that area. Yeah, that and that's a lot odd. Yeah, because again, it goes to this idea that if the if the there's no blood in that area, if if the animal wasn't killed there and was killed elsewhere, it had to get here somehow. So mm-hmm. you're it, it it either walked there of its own accord or it was carried there, um, either by a whole bunch of guys toting one or in a truck or something. There's just, there's no evidence typically in these situations of, of any kind of 
person, animal, vehicle, whatever around that area that would say, this is how this animal wound up in this exact spot. Right. So like we talked about before, uh, just a minute ago, there are these suction cup impressions that are found around there. Now, there are reportedly typically three of these impressions in a tripod shape. Now, they say this is similar to supposed UFO sightings, just like the tripod mark seen during the Rendlesham Forest incident. And I'm not going to give away too much, but keep Rendlesham Forest in your mind coming up. (laughs) Yeah. Now, uh, in the famous quote-unquote snippy case, which we'll talk about next, there was an absolute absence of tracks in a hundred-foot radius of the carcass. Um, Even the horse's own tracks disappeared within that hundred feet of the body. But within this radius, several small holes were found that were seemingly punched in the ground, and two bushes were absolutely flattened. So just bushes, flat. Mm -hmm. Now, On September 9th, 1967, Agnes King and her son, Harry, found the dead body of their three-year-old horse, Lady. Lady's head and neck had been skinned and defleshed, and the body displayed cuts that, to King, looked very precise. No blood was at the scene, according to Harry, and a strong medicinal odor was in the air. So you've smelled that, you know, it's kind of like hospital smell. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, a subsequent investigation by Wadsworth Ayer from the Condon Committee um, concluded, quote, there was no evidence to support the assertion that the horse's death was associated in any way to abnormal causes. And when they phoned Alamosa County uh, Sheriff Ben Phillips, he told them that the death was probably due to a, quote, lightning strike and never bothered to visit the site. Now, early press coverage of the case misnamed Lady as Snippy. So Snippy was Lady's sire and belonged to Nellie's husband, Burl Lewis. Later press coverage mentioned that the horse had been shot in the rump. However, two students from Alamosa State College confessed to sneaking out into the pasture and shooting the horse several weeks after the case was publicized. So the sheriff just said, oh, it's a lightning strike, didn't even go look at it which if he'd have looked at it, he'd have seen the surgical cuts in the body. The head has been skinned, and you can you can find pictures of this. It's pretty gruesome. Uh, the head has been skinned, and then they said, oh, well, it's been shot. Well, it's been shot because these kids snuck into the pasture and shot the dead body of this horse. So <laughs> that that's kind of stupid of these kids. He was, but, he was hanged, drawn and quartered, and beheaded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, a lightning strike? I mean, that's, yeah, the, that's I, your go-to? That's you the a, best you could come up with. You get a phone call, and, and somebody says, hey, you know, I found my horse dead, and somebody has cut all the skin and flesh away from the neck, okay? And, you know, it. we found it out in this in this field, and... And 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 then you're on the phone. Listen to this, and you go lightning strike, click. Yeah, exactly. You know exactly. I, I'm sorry. Did I mention burns? You know, 
Right. Did I, did I tell you that the uh, the bushes around it had been flattened? When does lightning do that? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when does lightning cause tripod suction cup punctures in the ground? But yeah, I mean, so you can see that this sheriff didn't want anything to do with it. And then they said, uh, what was the, uh, what was the quote? Um, there was no evidence to support the assertion that the horse's death was associated in any way to abnormal causes, except all the evidence. <laughs> that's right. I mean, I, except you know, everything. And that's the thing, you know, abnormal causes doesn't necessarily mean aliens or, or anything. It just exactly. means it's. It's not the typical way that we would expect to find an animal like a horse to have met its demise. Right. You know, so right. it's abnormal, which yeah. would think, well, maybe we ought to investigate this. Maybe there's some, you know, punk teenagers running around that think this is a big joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whatever. Kill the horse but, and I'll, I'll skin its head. You know, if, if nothing else, then think it's uh, it's vandalism yeah or you know animal cruelty instead of just saying oh it's lightning Look, not not that i would ever hurt an animal of any any type but if if you know this this thought came to my head and i thought okay me and some buddies are gonna go out and we're gonna kill this horse i i wouldn't even know where to begin because a horse is a lot bigger than i am and they can be quite dangerous if yep. you know you're not familiar with you know, the horse's behavior and your, yep. your behavior when you approach a horse and all this other kind of stuff. And if big you're doing muscles it night, and these really hard things on their feet that they can yeah. hit you with. <laughs> yeah. Knock you into next week, brother. Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't seem like it's something that somebody would just do on a whim. Hey, let's go kill his horse. Uh, you know, we've had a few too many and we're going to go out here and oh, look, there's a horse. We're going to kill this horse and it's going to be. We're going to freak everybody out because we're going to do all this stuff. Why? Right. You know, and how, how, how are you going to pull this off? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, this is just not something you can just walk up and they like shooting somebody's dog. I mean, doing this to an animal of that size, that's a challenge. You got to have a team and you best have somebody that knows their way around a horse. Right. And somebody that's got some like surgical knowledge maybe in med med school or something like that that would know how to you know cut the skin off the horse's head or something because horse hide and cow hide is tough right it's tough that's why we make you know clothes and car seats and sofas out of cow hide it's tough yeah so that's why dogs chew on it have you ever tried to chew a dog rawhide right no you know well not today yeah I was going to say, don't lie to people. <laughs> My dogs get bully sticks. Yeah, which is uh, um, uh, cow pizzles or uh-huh. bull pizzles. Bull pizzles. Yeah, yeah, cows don't have pizzles. Yeah. If you don't know what a, a bull pizzle is, go look it up. You'll uh, you'll thank Google us later. It. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> just think, when you give your, your dog a bully stick, that's what you're giving them. Uh-huh. So just remember that. Well, mine love it. No, mine do too. You can't even say the word bully stick. My dogs are <laughs> looking up. What? What? Right. <laughs> All right. So 
this next part is from the Historic Mysteries website. Now, it says the Federal Bureau of Investigation, or FBI, conducted an inquiry into the cattle mutilations more than 30 years ago. The bulk of the information that has since been made public is newspaper clippings and correspondence between FBI and politicians. Now, some far-fetched potential theories such as satanic cults, military or government involvement, and extraterrestrial involvement are mentioned in the FBI files. However, none of them is corroborated by the investigators. Now, there's not much of an interest in the file that does not point to a natural explanation. However, sci-fi and conspiracy theory buffs may find it amusing that a letter addressed to the director of the FBI, Clarence Kelly, regarding cattle mutilation had the closing, thanking you, I am. And they say perhaps the Jedi Council is in on the investigation and it really does involve extraterrestrials. Yeah. So one slip of the tongue and the whole mystery is solved there. Mm, thanking you, I am. That's pretty good. It's like cross-screen go. Yoda and Kermit. Yep, I, it's more Kermit. That's the best one I got. I think Jim um, Henson did both hey voices. Hey, uh, thanking you, I am. Yep. All right, hey, so, I am impressed. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What, what other Muppets do you do? <laughs> That's about it. That's it. I had, I, I'm, I'm working on Fozzie, but... Um, <laughs> I always was good at the Swedish chef. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, at the time of the investigations, cults and Satanism were creating storms of hysteria in the United States. Now, explanations such as these were favorites of the media, but... Veterinarians whose conclusions were included in the report thought that sharp-toothed predators and natural decomposition were to blame for the cattle mutilations. They said that bloating from gases after death could cause the, quote, incisions. The missing eyes, lips, and genitals could be explained by predator affinities for soft flesh. Now, they were also missing anuses, and that they thought maggots were responsible. Now, the FBI concluded that there were some aspects of the issue that were unexplainable at the time, but that it was most likely natural death and predators causing the cattle mutilations. Now, this says there are still some facts about cattle mutilations that are unnerving. There is a lack of footprints, the tripod impressions, and the fact that decomposition cannot explain cases where farmers were only gone for minutes or an hour. And that's what we talked about. These are not... You know, been missing the cow for two weeks, and this is how we found it. This is, I saw the cow just a little bit ago. I yeah. come back, and all, you mean to tell me that it died, it bloated and split, predators got to it, maggots already chewed the butt out of it, and all that, that, you, that can't explain it that quickly, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, this also goes on to say that there were also more than 130 cases in Colorado alone by the time of the investigation. How could that many experienced cattle owners not recognize the symptoms of predation? Exactly. They could. Yeah, they absolutely could. And that's why they were calling someone else in is because this did not fit what they've seen. Now, this says, furthermore, why did alleged cattle mutilations become so widespread so quickly that they warranted federal investigation? Was it or is it a form of mass hysteria or does something have it in for livestock of the world? I mass hate hysteria. mass hysteria. I hate that. I, I read that in an article I was reading during uh, during our time researching this, and I thought, 
mass hysteria. How how in the devil yep. do you get mass hysteria for cattle mutilations? Right. Well, I mean, what all these people they got dead they got looking at dead cattle, dead horses, sheep, cows, bulls, whatever. They're looking at it. This many cases, and they're like, yeah, nah, that's not you're not really seeing that. And the investigators you're see, are you're seeing, seeing something. You're seeing something that's not there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, that is the typical cynic explanation for something like this. They're unwilling to believe anything outside of what their brain tells them is possible. So they make up a theory even wilder or even yeah. less logical than theories other people put out. Yeah. It makes Zero sense. And when you mentioned that thing about the ranchers and being able to recognize recognize predation, I mean, look, even if you're a brand new rancher, especially if you're a brand new rancher, you're going to learn what predation looks like pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. You you're going to know I what mean, tooth marks every, look like. Any Anybody that's had their way around a ranch knows exactly what it looks like and can probably identify the type of animal that was involved. Probably. You know, another reason on, there would be footprints. This. There'd be footprints yeah, of the predator. Yeah, for one, footprints, you know, the, the bite marks, where the bite marks are, mm-hmm. because different predators attack different ways. How many bite marks are? It's like, you know, because coyote are, are pack hunters. Yep. And they you know, would gonna, they would bite the legs, like you were saying, different places. The uh uh canine would take down the legs so there'd be bite marks all over the legs a big cat would go for the neck and -hmm. you would know that i'm not a rancher okay but i know that and you would think these farmers would too so just imagine if adam was a rancher how much more he would know exactly already and how much more i would put these uh these people's theories to shame (laughs) so man that 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 brings this up if you are a rancher if you have cattle and you have had cattle die call us and leave us a voicemail and tell us how you know some of the ways that you can tell what killed your animal or what predated on your animal yeah all right so we need to get into some of the laboratory reports um here now some laboratory reports were carried out on some mutilated animals and they have shown unusually high high or low levels of vitamins or minerals in tissue samples and the presence of chemicals not normally found in these animals. However, this says not all mutilated mutilated animals display these anomalies and those that do have slightly different anomalies from one another. So it's not always the same. You know, these chemicals are really high and these chemicals are really low in all of the cases. It's always something a little bit different, but it's always off the norm. Now, in one case documented by New Mexico police and the FBI, an 11-month-old cross Hereford bull belonging to a Mr. Manuel Gomez of Dulce, New Mexico, was found mutilated on March 24th, 1978. Both the liver and the heart were white and mushy, both organs had the texture and consistency of peanut butter. So yum, yum. That's gross. I just had peanut butter a little bit ago, so that's <laughs> that's gross. 
So the animal's hearts as well as bone and muscle samples were sent to the Los Alamos Scientific Laboratory for microscopic and bacteriological studies. And while samples for the animal's livers were sent to two separate private laboratories. So they sent these things out to get them tested um, by several different laboratories, which is, I mean, to me, that's what you'd want to do with all of them, right? You'd want to send out samples and get all of them tested. Now, Los Alamos detected the presence of naturally occurring Clostridium bacteria in the heart, but wasn't able to reach any conclusions because of the possibility that the bacteria represented post-mortem contamination. Now, they did not directly investigate the heart's unusual color or texture, which that seems like a missed opportunity to me. You've got weird texture of organs, and you're not going to research that. Whatever. I know. You know, that, and it was the, it, an article I was reading talked about the speed. You know, we you mentioned that earlier, you know, how fast, mm-hmm. you know, the this, decomposition was occurring you know it's you know not just accelerated but accelerated beyond what was reasonable right you've got what would normally take a a several weeks happening in several minutes yeah i mean that it doesn't it doesn't make good sense or that they were in some kind of environment that would have sped it up right um you know whether exposed to something like extreme heat um, humidity or, pr- or pressure, mm-hmm. you know, some, something, but you know, the, what you can tell from the evidence, they were not right. Um, and, and so, it, you know, the, the scenes didn't fit with the science, right? Exactly. You know, something, something's not jiving. If, if this, if this is the condition you're finding these animals organs in, it's, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be this way. Exactly. And this says some of the animals liver, um, animals' liver were found to be completely devoid of copper and to contain four times the normal level of zinc, potassium, and phosphorus. Now, the scientists performing the analysis were unable to explain these anomalies. So, again, we've got higher levels of certain minerals and chemicals and lower levels of other ones than it should have. So, why is this? Well, let's look at some of the proposed theories, the speculations of what happened here and and we'll kind of talk about each one and kind of throw our yays or nays out here for it one of them is natural deaths from predators so matt and i've already talked about this one ranchers would know what a natural predator death would look like and they wouldn't call the fbi to investigate that and there would be prints from the predator and the cattle all around that, you know, you would yeah, see you know, signs of predators. They're not going down without a fight or exactly. at least a struggle. Um, you know, so it's not like, you know, a big cat comes out and jumps on the back of a cow and the cow's just like, oh, you got me. Yeah. You know, yep. it just doesn't work that way. Um, but, you know, Bite marks and teeth marks, you know, I, I don't know of any predator that's got teeth that makes surgical cuts, you know, nope. that makes nice, clean cuts. You know, the whole purpose is to to be able to bite and tear. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, because it's not just a way to take your prey down. They're going to have to get this meat off the bone in order to consume their prey. Right. And, and even something like a shark, it rips the flesh, even the, the sharp teeth of a shark. And I don't know of a land shark, you know. <laughs> I'm actually a plumber, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you're right. You know, there, you know, there's a lot of ripping and tearing. Plus, if it's, if it's a predator, um, that why are they finding so much left? Right. You know, it. I mean, I I get it that you know, a, let's say a mountain lion manages to come down and take out a cow. Um, it's it's it just seems like there's too much left. Yeah, they and would have gutted the them. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, the, exactly. There's no blood, and there would be blood from a predator attack. And, Absolutely. You know, yes, predators eat certain organs or uh, uh, muscle tissue, and that's what they go for, but most of them will eat the liver because it's high in the vitamins that they need. So they're going to get the liver out of its prey. Yeah. Um, you're going to tell that there were teeth marks or claw marks or something, and they're not going to pull an anus out and just the eyeballs skin the head of a of a horse, and they're not going to be able to do all this in an hour. I'm sorry, but that that just doesn't jive with me. That's right. And and you know if you're if if an animal is going to eat another animal's liver, you know an organ that is so vascular, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of blood. Yep. Yep. I mean, there's just no way, and you know, there's no way, you know, there's not, there's going to be some evidence and that's, you know, according to these reports, they're just not seeing that. So none of this, none of it really coincides with, a, you know, a predatory animal, you know, attacking these cattle. Right. It, it just does not fit. And nope. yet, you know, we're seeing that as some of the explanations. Right. And it just, it, I mean, e- even if you had an unknown predator, you know, like, you know, for example, let's say a bear, a, a bear came down and, and did this. And you're like, well, they, we don't have grizzly bears in this part of the country. Well, you know, what if you had one that just managed to make it? That, e- even still, it's not going to change. You may have a harder time identifying what animal did this because it's not an animal you would expect, but you're still going to be able to tell that it was an animal. Yeah, you'll know it was an animal. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Now, the next the next one we've got is aliens or UFOs. Yeah. So, you know, this is probably, this is the one that everybody knows because mm-hmm. these cattle mutilations are so often associated with with aliens, and you know, we, we mentioned you see the T-shirts with the cow being sucked up. You know, yep. I actually uh, saw an aquarium decoration mm-hmm. that was a, a flying saucer on on a fishing fishing line that had a cow kind of halfway up the line. You know, so when you put them in the aquarium, it looked like you had this flying saucer at the top of your tank lifting this cow up. Yeah, you know, it's pretty cool. I mean, so it's it's kind of a common theme here, um, but but there's a there's a reason for that. So. You know, the the reporter that, you know, was credited with the most comprehensive uh, investigation of these cattle mutilations back during the 70s um, was a guy named Dane Edwards. And he was reporting 
on these, and he uncovered some of these new twists that, you know, Adam touched on earlier. These aircraft and strange lights at the, the mutilation locations. Now, Edwards collected reports from Elbert County, Elizabeth, Franktown, and Simla of unmarked helicopters buzzing farmers and chasing people. He said, you know, several people had reported seeing a flashing strobe light traveling from east to west at an extremely fast rate of speed and changing directions with a staccato effect in the sky. Now, Edwards allegedly began working with the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, providing them with evidence gathered during this course of, uh, of the course of his investigations. And after reporting that, you know, agencies such as the FBI you know, they said, well, there's really no evidence that a federal crime has been committed. So they were balking at getting involved. And that kind of frustrated Edwards because he just kind of felt like he was being brushed off. But he said it would mean that 21 groups of mutilators have operated in 21 states. And since it's a federal offense to commit interstate crimes, that would open the door for their participation. So essentially, he he's painting the FBI into a corner that, mm-hmm. that they have put themselves in. He's right. saying, okay, he's saying, all right. So you think you think this FBI this uh, this UFO stuff is a bunch of baloney, and you know you you don't want to hear any of that. So that means that you believe that out of these twenty one states that have reported cattle mutilation. All 21 of them have been isolated individual incidents and only in that state that there was not a single group that was able to do more than one. Right. Go from one state to the next, which, which, you know, based on how these things were, that was highly unlikely anyway. You know, so Edwards is telling them, all right, you don't want to believe that aliens were responsible. You don't want to believe this UFO stuff. So you're going to tell me that, one, it would be crazy to think that there was some group of this, you know, cattle mutilation. uh, Coalition. Yeah, the coalition. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and they're traveling from state to state, which makes no sense. Mm -hmm. But you're going to tell me that all of these things that happened all happened around the same period of time in different states by completely different people. Right. So all of that has to play into the way. So you can say, not our jurisdiction, brother. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, so, yeah, I mean, you can see the frustration where he, he's just like, you know, somebody, somebody else is going to have to look into this. Yeah. You know, there's, there's something, you know, whether, whether it's UFOs or, or, you know, aliens or predators, whatever, it's something, something's doing it. And, and it, it's gotten big enough now that I think it's, you know, the federal government needs to step in and say, we're going to investigate this mm-hmm. and they, and they wouldn't do it. Right. Which just is crazy to me. So the next speculation we have is that it's cryptids. Cryptids are, are committing these things. And, and the, the ones that they have thrown out there is Chupacabra, Mothman, and Vampires. Now, let's look. 
let's go in reverse order here. Vampires. <laughs> okay. Drained blood. All right. I'll give you that. The, there's yeah. no blood anywhere on there. So, okay. I, I'll give you that. But we did an episode on vampires and nowhere in our research, we did a lot of research. Nowhere did we find vampires that skinned animals or humans. Yeah. And, you know, with surgical precision and remove the anus and the eyeballs and the tongue, you know, they would kill them and drain their blood and leave them. They're not interested in the other stuff. So, yeah, let's meet. Right. So let's mark vampires off the list. Mothman. The Mothman got a bunch of stories about the stuff that he was seen around. But there have been zero cases of him actually physically attacking and killing something. Right. Right. He's chased people. He's he's been blamed for the bridge collapse. He's he's been seen a lot, scared a lot of people, but there's been zero evidence of him actually killing anything. So if it were the Mothman, I think we we would have heard about that in Point Pleasant. That when he was sure. being seen, there would have been cattle mutilations all over the place if it was Mothman. Right. So let's mark him off the list. Chupacabra. Okay. These are not cobras. These are cows. Right. You're you're not. These are not just goats. And, and we did an episode on the Chupacabra. He is a blood drinking cryptid. Yeah. Like a vampire. Yeah. He's not he's not mutilating these goats or anything like that. He's not skinning the head, removing anything like that. He's killing them and draining them of blood. Yeah. So none of these cryptids that they've given have, you know, to me actually any uh, there there's nothing that we have researched that has shown that these could be the cause of this. Now right. Could it be a different cryptid that we don't know about? Sure. I mean, you know, if you want to say it's not aliens and you want to say it's something terrestrial that we don't know, okay, I'll give you that. Maybe it's possibly a a cryptid that we are unaware of, or if you want to say, oh, well, this is how Bigfoot does it. Okay, maybe. We We don't know. You know, we've never come across Bigfoot killing anything. We don't have any record of, oh, this is a Bigfoot kill, like we do with Chupacabras. Oh, this is a Chupacabra kill. So could it be that Bigfoot, this is the way Bigfoot eats? I I don't know that he's a skin eater that using scalpels or anything like that, but I don't know. I I, kind of always picture Bigfoot as like the Lorax, you know. Yeah. He speaks for the trees. Right. You know. That that he's not this this big lumbering predator, you know, aggressive predator. Yeah, right. That you know, it's I'm he, with he's you more, there. He's more sophisticated than that. Again, if if you you got to believe in this at first, but you know that all the stories you hear that there's some some higher level of intelligence. This kind of this kind of stuff doesn't really lend itself to an intelligent predator. Right. You know, this kind of lends itself more to an intelligent plan. Right. You know, this this was not opportunistic. You know, these things are not 
I'm, I'm hungry. You know, these things were done uh, based on, you know, the condition of the carcasses with, with a, with a plan and an intention and food wasn't necessarily it. Right. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it could have been part of it for sure, but it doesn't look like that was the prime reason. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't see Bigfoot and the Chupacabra, you know, you brought that up. You know, remember those, those puncture wounds in the neck that were mm-hmm. always affiliated with the, with the Chupacabra. I mean, you know, we're not seeing those things nope. either. So I don't know if, if it, if it was a cryptid, I'm with Adam. It's, it's one we don't really know about yeah. or there's not any legends or history or folklore that speaks to a cryptid that would behave in this manner. Right. Right. So the next speculation we have is that it's a shadow government agency. Now, okay. <laughs> we've Hello, got, where's my tinfoil hat? Yeah, exactly. Well, we've got, <laughs> you know, helicopters that have been seen in a couple situations. Okay. Uh, you know, possibly. Um, would the government mutilate your cattle? Yeah. I mean, they're not above that. <laughs> You know, if, if they had some reason to, they would <laughs> yeah. do it. They'd have a. But, they'd have to have a reason, right? They wouldn't but, have to tell you that reason. No, but they no, would not have at all. A reason, right? Uh, but I go back to. There's no tracks or anything of where it could be a government agency. You know, dropping it off, picking it up in a vehicle, anything like that. It. It would have to be some high-tech uh, government craft. Now, if you got a high-tech government craft that can beam them up, okay, how are these government agents, humans, doing this mutilation that quickly? You know, yeah. the extent of the mutilations, how are they doing it that quickly in some cases in an hour and dropping them back off without being seen? So... To me, that's almost as illogical as natural predator death. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't see how a human. You, I mean, you'd have to have a team to do this kind of stuff. And again, mm-hmm. you know, you're 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 looking as to why. You know, yeah. Why? why? What? I mean, of course, all of these. It's like why, you know, yeah. other than the predator would be like food, you know. But any of the rest of these, it, it, you know, your question is, why? Why would you do this? So the next question you have to ask is, how? Mm-hmm. And if we're going to talk about human beings doing this, you know, the how becomes very complicated. Oh, absolutely. So I don't, I don't know. I, it, I'm, I'm, I'm really hard. I, I don't, I don't buy into this shadow government conspiracy thing, but I, I don't rule out the fact hundred percent that it's human beings either. So on that note, Matt, since, you know, I'm not going to rule out a hundred percent either that it's human beings, but I don't know how, and I don't know why. So one thing that might answer the why is the next speculation that it's satanic cults and animal cruelty. Yeah. And you know, there was, there was some speculation about this in the seventies. And of course, if, if you were alive, uh, during the seventies and eighties, you, you'll remember that there was a panic 
uh, you know, they, they often call it the satanic panic. Yeah. You know, where this idea that there were devil worshipers just living amongst us in, uh, in the suburbs that were, you know, defiling grave sites and holding uh, black mass in cemeteries and making human sacrifices and so forth and so on. And, you know, killing cows and cats and goats and God knows what else. Um, you know, so, okay, somebody says, oh, this looks like cult activity. They, they cut the liver out. You know, that's something they use for these rituals. Well, let, let's look into this a little bit more. So Dane Edwards, who I mentioned before, um, you know, he was the editor and publisher of the Brush Banner, which was a local small Colorado town newspaper. And like I said earlier, he was credited as doing the most comprehensive coverage of this, these cattle mutilations. Right. Now, during his time reporting on the cases, he investigated this cult theory. He interviewed Lauren Paul, who was an Episcopal priest, and he stated, in considering what is cut from the animal, the mutilations do not suggest cultism of a satanic nature. None of the items removed from the cattle are used in satanic rites. Edwards also interviewed a coven of Denver witches who provided him with a symbol of a stylized variation of the evil eye, which was supposed to ward off the activities of satanic followers. Now, Edwards displayed the symbol, or um, well, he, he was told that displaying the symbol would supposedly stop the Satanists from further acts until the symbols have been removed. Now, the banner actually ran the symbol with the story. And so, by printing the symbols in each of our 6,500 newspapers, Edwards said they obviously can't be removed. So Edwards was able to track down the origins of this cult story, which came from a federal prisoner named Kenneth Bankston. Now, Bankston had read an article about the wave of mutilations that took place in Minnesota in 1975 and he wrote to the author of the article who forwarded the letter to an agent within the Bureau of the, the ATF. And that agent took Bankston's claims seriously and launched an investigation. So you've got a prisoner who read an article about cattle mutilations, and then he writes a letter to the author about it being cult-related, and the author takes him seriously and goes to the ATF. Now, according to Edwards, Bankston claimed the mutilations were the work of a cultist operation and that the group had also drawn up a list of human victims that included notable political figures such as Hubert Humphrey. So the Gazette newspaper reported on the bizarre sat satanical group somewhat reminiscent of the, the Manson family. Now, in return for his cooperation with the investigation, Bankston was transferred to a lower security facility from which he escaped on May 31st, oh, 1975. Now, no member of this quote-unquote Sons of Satan group um, were arrested and the the cult theory quickly just came to a dead end 
for all the law enforcement and and journalists. Right. So the this pretty much shows that the whole idea that that cults, especially satanic ones, were responsible for these cattle mutilations was just a made up story. It yeah. was it was a red herring. It was a way for this guy to cooperate with an investigation and, and get his way into a lower security facility so that he could escape. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, you know, that's, that's another reason why, you know, all of that evidence there kind of says this idea that there are cult members out there, you know, mutilating cattle, you know, in some tan- satanic ritual. And, and, you know, you've got a priest saying they're not taking the right stuff. <laughs> yeah. If they're doing satanic rituals, they're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. And then it's been it's been perpetuated all these years, and there's still people to this day that say, "Oh, it was just it's Satan worshippers and cults that are killing these animals." Yeah. To this day, it's 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 highly highly unlikely, right, that a cult of any nature had anything to do with it. You know, there was there was just there was no evidence to suggest other than hearsay. Right. And we we touched on some stories, you know, from the 70s and stuff like that. But we got more, right, Matt? We, yeah. We're not going to leave them with those few. We've got more. And believe it or not, these stories that I'm going to cover are recent. And, and everybody knows, oh, man, Matt's got a recent story. I, I bet it's from with the last 25 years. Ha. Be honest. That would still be recent. Well, okay? and it technically is. How about within the last 25 months? Yeah. I mean, Matt, that's still technically within the last 25 years. Yeah. If you want to be picky about it. How about within the last 14 months? We're getting closer. Yep. July of 2019, just a little over a year ago, at the Sylvie's Valley Ranch in Oregon, multiple bulls were found mutilated over a period of a few days. Now, the first dead bull was found in a timbered ravine, and there was no indication that it had been shot, attacked by predators, or even eaten poisonous plants. The animal's sex organs and tongue had been removed, and of course, all of the blood was gone. Of course. Yeah. And this is just, this is last year, folks. Mm -hmm. In the next few days, four more Hereford bulls were found within a one and a half mile radius, all in the same condition. There were no tracks around the carcasses. So ranch management and law enforcement suspected that somebody killed the bulls. Um, So the ranch hands started, uh, they traveled in pairs and they went armed, you know, because your first thought is there's somebody doing this. There's somebody and I don't want to be out on the ranch and come across them. Right, right. So, you know, the theories, they, they range from scavengers such as, you know, you know, car- carry-on bugs eating the carcasses to people attacking the animals to cause financial harm to the ranchers. And one person suggested uh, that uh, Harney County Sheriff's Deputy Dan Jenkins should look for craters underneath the carcasses 
saying it would be evidence the bulls had been levitated into a spaceship, mutilated, and then dropped back to the ground. So, so like the like the suction cup puncture marks in the, the ground that we talked about. Right. So, you know, if you're gonna drop it off on the uh on the trash can that is Earth, mm-hmm. um, it's it's gonna leave a mark if you drop it right. from high enough. Now, Kobe Marshall is the vice president of the Sylvie's Valley Ranch. Um, and he owned the Bulls, and he believed that the deaths were somehow connected to some sort of cult activity. Okay. You know, old habits die hard, my friend. Apparently so. But if people killed the bulls, a motive they thought would be to financially harm the ranch. Noting that the breeding bulls cost thousands of dollars each. And the 100 plus calves that each of them would sire are collectively worth a whole lot more. So, I mean, this this was a damaging thing financially for the ranch. Sure. But Marshall goes on to say that he doubted that it was a malicious attack on the ranch because he said he employs 75 people and many of them are from the local communities. So, you know, you, you, you go and you do something like this to hurt this guy's ranch. You're, you're probably messing up jobs for your two next door neighbors. Yep, exactly. Um, you know, so, you know, small towns you're hurting are close the community. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to do something like that. So either it was somebody from outside the community, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, uh, or, or that is, you know, this is not the explanation. Right, right. Now, you know, Marshall did go on to say that losing one animal in an odd fashion is not unheard of. You know, you, you, you wind up with, you know, a, a dead farm animal. You can't figure out what happened. It, you know, it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, but to lose five like this all at once is just, he said, it's crazy. So a year later, that's was July. it lightning. It's lightning. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like we found this cow. It was mutilated, but it smelled delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it, it had been fried. Mm, steak. <laughs> but a year later, July of this year, last month, as of the recording of this show, another strange mutilation occurred in Oregon, this time at a ranch near the town of Fossil. A black Angus cow, which was a, you know, breeding worth about $1,000, was found on July 23rd, dead and mutilated, tongue, genitals, and reproductive organs cut out. Now, her carcass was found upright, front legs tucked underneath, which is a position investigators say they've never seen before. I was going to say, this is new. Yeah, and and David Hunt, the owner of Hunt Ranch, said that she died in a position she couldn't have gotten into by herself. He said, I don't have any logical explanation for it. Now, you, you know, they ran pictures of this cow um, a few weeks ago when this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can actually read the article, the newspaper article, and this cow is just kind of perched up like, like a dog or a, a cat really would sit, you know, where they yeah. tuck their front legs and they tuck their hind legs up and they just look like a, a little ball of fur with a head sticking up. That's what this cow mm-hmm. looks like. Now we've already talked about how much, you know, these cows can weigh. And I mean, we're talking about a black Angus cow. I mean, this is not a small animal and you're going to, 
you're going to take a dead one and position it in yeah. in such a way that it's going to be able to sit up like this. I mean, yeah. I don't that, see how a human could do that. Well, it would take a lot of them. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe, maybe even a crane, you know, something, you know, an engine hoist, so, something that's going to be able to hold a cow up where you could tuck her legs up underneath her and then set her back down to get her in this position. That's really strange. But, you know, this said, you know, Hunt said this isn't the first time he's lost an animal to a mysterious mutilation. In December of 2019, he found a dead bull in the snow with its nose, lips, ears, tongue, tail, and genitals removed and blood drained. I mean, again, these, these all happened within the last year. Yep. I mean, so that's this just wild. The, that's what is so amazing is that what we're seeing in these stories that are recent news stories, you know, one happened not even a month ago. It's, I mean, they're almost identical to a lot of the cases that Adam talked about that occurred back in the 70s and in the late 60s. Mm-hmm. Blood drained, genitals removed. Um, you know, tongues removed. Parts of the face skinned. Parts of the face. Yeah. I mean, you know, so here here we are now in in the year 2020 and we're seeing these same things. And so, you know, these did not stop and just pick back up now. They just became a lot less common, but they were still yeah. happening. So, you know, it's it's just it's it's really unusual that we're seeing, and that blood drained thing is the one that always gets me. Because how in the world oh, yeah. are you going to pull that off? You know, without know. somebody without knows having it. it everywhere. There's going to be blood. You're not going to be able to perfectly drain this entire cow of blood, and there not be anywhere around. You know, yeah. there's going to be some evidence that you drained it somehow. Yeah. It makes zero sense. You know, that you're, you're able to have, you know, an animal drain of blood with no evidence of it. Now, Deputy Jeremiah Holmes of the Wheeler County Sheriff's Office worked both of these cases for Mr. Hunt, um, but found no substantial leads in either. Um, he said that the tongue and general and the tongue and genital wounds were clean cut, not by a wild animal. But Hunt noted that the wounds were not as clean cut on the one that happened this year as one that happened in December. So they were mm. a little rougher. Yeah, um, sloppy. But still, you know, not an animal. Right. So how the cow died is a mystery. There were no dart punctures, no bullets, no strangulation marks, no rope burns, no tire tracks, no sign of poison. However, the police did manage to find a boot print about 100 yards away from where the cow was found. Now, unfortunately, this has yet to reveal any answers, but it's a ranch. Yeah, and, there's and going to be people walking all over it. Yeah, they found a boot print 100 yeah. yards away, a boot print. There and should like have that been other, tons of them. Right, like that other story that we talked about. There were marks a hundred feet outside of the uh the the cow that was found, but within a hundred a hundred feet of it there was nothing. And you would yeah. have to have something within a hundred feet, you know, 
you're not going to be able to stand 100 feet away and throw this cow into a position over there. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, how in the world is a group of of people going to be able to position an animal this heavy into this odd position and not leave some evidence that they were there? It, it, you know, if we're talking about footprints, mm-hmm. you know, trampled down grass, places in the dirt, those kind of things, it had to have been there. You right. know, so even even the investigators admit that this could have possibly been, you know, either Hunt himself who said he he did not get out of the truck in that area, so he didn't think it was him. But it could have been, you know, another ranch hand that did it. Or, you know, and who knows when it happened. It could have happened the day before. Yeah. Um, yep. But the fact that there was only one, that's, you know, that doesn't really tell you anything. Right. Now, this case follows another killing near Condon, Oregon, which, you know, Adam mentioned, you know, earlier. Uh, this one was in March of this year. A Hereford bull was found dead, lying on its side in a remote draw. Its sex organs and tongue had been removed. The rancher who found that his animal described the cuts so precise that no blood was on the bull's white underbelly. So you've got a you've got a cow with white fur or a bull with white fur on its belly, and there's a cut on its belly, and there's no staining. Right. You know, not even where you could have cleaned it up. There's no pinkish marks, mm-hmm. you know, where it bled out on onto the fur. How do you do that? Right. Now, because of these killings, they have actually suggested that a statewide task force be implemented to further investigate these cattle mutilations. Good. You know, so, like I said, it this is a this is a not a uh, this is not an old situation. This is not an old problem. This is a current issue. Um, especially if you're in, if you're in uh, Colorado, Oregon, you know, Arizona, you know, all these places, this stuff still goes on and they don't mm-hmm. really have good explanations for it. Right. So in, in doing this, uh, you know, I, I, I came across some information from a gentleman named Chuck Zukowski. Um, I don't know that we've ever mentioned Chuck on this show before, but, uh, I don't think so. He's pretty well known. Um, he is a Colorado Springs resident and the deputy director of animal mutilation investigations for MUFON, who we have mentioned on this show before. Mm-hmm. Now, Zukowski has 35 years of experience researching paranormal phenomena, including cattle mutilation. Now, Chuck says the common denominator for every one of these is the lack of blood, just as we've been saying this whole show. Right. So not only that, but the lack of evidence of blood. So he says, you know, how much blood's in a cow? There's a lot of blood in a cow. Mm-hmm. And for that blood not to be there when a carcass is found is highly unusual. I mean, I, I don't even think it's highly unusual. I think it's damn near impossible. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, pretty I much. I don't even see how they managed to get that done. Now, Zukowski works full-time as a microchip engineer, and he has served as a reserve deputy for the El Paso County Sheriff's Office. He says he applies scientific and forensic methodology to his mutilation investigations and has also reported strange findings with mutilated remains, some very similar to Dane Edwards' findings from decades ago, and some that were just uniquely weird. Zukowski said 
He's had a few cases where the animal is lying in a round ground depression, not a crop circle, but a ground depression where something pressed the vegetation down. It's anywhere from 16 to 20 feet in diameter. And he says he's taken soil samples from inside the ground depression and compared it to a test sample from outside of the depression and the nutrients, the soil itself in the ground depression is less water soluble for some reason. Hmm. And you know, the, he says the, the, just the chemical makeup of that ground is different than it is outside of the depression. Yeah. So Zukowski's implying here that, that something, you know, whatever the deceased cow had come into contact with was able to change some fundamental atomic aspect of the soil. Um, cation exchange capacity or CEC is a measure of the soil's ability to hold positively charged ions. It's an inherent soil characteristic and it's difficult to alter significantly. I mean, this is, this is what farmers know. This is going to grow here and this will not. Right. You know, and right. there ain't much else you can do about it. So, you know, uh, Zukowski says that, you know, this information tells him that whatever made the round ground depression that the animal is laying in, it might have had a very high energy source. And he's also uh, picked up EMF, electromagnetic field readings from the ground depressions where these cows were found. And he says that some of these weird things that Dane Edwards found in the 70s with these cases, he still sees in cases today. Now, unmarked helicopters will show up after the fact. In uh, August uh, 2014 in Walsenburg, Zukowski investigated eight cows that were mutilated within a couple of miles of each other. The majority of the cows were found lying in the same direction. All the animals had the same type of cuts. Um, the dew claws were cored out, which the, the dew claws are those claws that are like up higher up on their yep. above their feet. Yep. Um, I, he said that he interviewed two ranchers who reported helicopters in the area with spotlights where the animals were mutilated. Now, there were also reports of lasers that diverted commercial traffic. Now, a week after the, the last mutila mutilization in this case, the rancher's daughter reported seeing a UFO. Hmm. So, you take that at face value, but. You know, yeah. that, that's a lot going on in, in, in one particular case, um, you know, that'll, that'll kind of make you believe, oh, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's something weird happening. <laughs> maybe something weird is going on here. Maybe, maybe it's weirder than just, maybe the cattle mutilation is the most normal part of this. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. But Zukowski says he's collected findings that, that really caused him to doubt the predator theory, which, you know, Adam and I pretty much said, we don't, we don't buy that at all. Yeah. But he said, the thing that he's noticed is that the animal is picked up from location a, wherever it was grazing and it's taken to a location B and it's mutilated and drained of blood. And then it's taken to location C, which is 
in the vicinity of location A, but not exactly. It's just close by. Right. So he says there's a case in Trinidad where they found the tracks of the cow where it ended, and then a good 60 yards away was the cow laying on the ground. And he says, did it jump? 60 yards? (laughs) They've been known to jump over the moon, so I could see that. At that and that's that was its landing spot, you know, when yeah, it got exactly. back down from the moon, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then somebody later reported seeing uh, a dish and a spoon running from the scene. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> dish and spoon were seen fleeing from the scene. If you have any You see that you can see the mock up of the uh of the wanted poster, you know. Yeah. Wanted for yep. questioning. You know, persons information of interest, leading you know. to the capture of the dish and the spoon. <laughs> a, dish, a dish and a spoon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he says the 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 predator's choice in prey has also caused some suspicion in some of these cases. He said there was another case in the Walsenburg area where a cow had had a calf, and the next day the cow was found mutilated. He said it was void of blood. The milk sack it was cut out, and a good fifty or sixty feet away was the newborn calf and the half-eaten placenta. And Zakowski says predators don't go after a thousand-pound animal and leave a hundred-pound calf. Right, right. Be the opposite. Right. They would take the calf first, and then deal with mama. Yep. Okay. So yeah. So. Th- it all sounds good until you start looking at it and breaking it down and go, well, they killed the cow, but they, they left the calf. It doesn't make any sense. That's not, mm-hmm. that, that's not in an animal's instinct, not a predator's instinct. Right. So, you know, a lot of these things just don't make sense. And, you know, Zakowski, you can tell he's like, yeah, this predator thing just isn't, isn't playing out. So, so really, really strange. And you can see just by touching on some of those cases that it's it's not an old it's not an old issue. It's not a new issue. It's been around and it really hasn't gone anywhere. It may not get the attention um that it did in the seventies. Um, but thanks to folks like Adam, who has always had an interest in this, we get to talk about it. Exactly. And, and it it's it's you know, when he brought this up to me, I was like, okay. You know, I mean, you know, this is not a sexy topic. You know, this no, is this not is not all. something that your average podcast listener is going to scroll through looking for episodes and say, "Ooh, there's one on cattle mutilations." I'm going to listen to that. But when you dig into it and you realize, you know, what what evidence we have, you know, based on these animals that we found and and the condition they were in and the ridiculous explanations that law enforcement and the government has handed mm-hmm. you're kind of sitting back going whoa this this just it, something doesn't sit right there's there's got to be more to this story and you know you know i, I know after i looked in some of these most recent ones i, I was kind of shocked I, was, mm-hmm. I can't believe this is still as unexplained as it was in the 1970s right Right. You know, I mean, you know, you get what I'm saying. You know, it's it's not just that it still happens. 
It's just there's still no explanation. It's right. still we, we have gotten no further than we have in the 70s. And yeah. and our investigative technology has uh, you know leaps and bounds better than it was and we still don't know anything different. Yeah, and if there's anything we try to do here on Graveyard Tales, it's make you think just a little bit. So mm-hmm. whether you don't have to believe in UFOs or vampires or chupacabra or anything else. All you have to do is keep an open mind and and look at these look at look at this information and and think to yourself who and how and why would have done this for all this time and you just it'll it'll twist your brain in knots. Yep, exactly. You know, exactly. I cuz even if I take all the other unreasonable explanations and put them out of my head and I try to come up with a reasonable one and I'm look, I'm no rancher. You know, but even if I'm playing devil's advocate and I'm like, look, it's got to be this. I can't even come up with a reasonable one that would fit no. all these situations. Like, how do you get no. a thousand pound cow dead perched up with its legs underneath it? Right. You know, how do, how you, do you do all that mutilation without blood? Yeah. Where does, yeah. Where does the blood go? I don't know. I can't figure that out. I can't figure it out mm. anyway. Like I said, it would take an awful lot of plastic, you know. A lot of cleanup and a, and a lot more time than yep. than what these mutilations appear to have taken. So, right. so as if it wasn't enough for us to try to kind of blow your mind with the idea of cattle <laughs> mutilations, let's throw a few more logs onto the conspiracy fire. Okay, so Dane Edwards, the the newspaper editor and reporter that we mentioned earlier he may have waded into some dangerous territory when he began investigating those Colorado mutilations. Now, in October of 1975, the Gazette, another newspaper, reported that the banner, which was Edwards' newspaper, um, was the only newspaper in Colorado known to have conducted a full-scale investigation into the matter of mysterious deaths and mutilation of livestock in Colorado. Now, Edwards was interviewed in the Gazette to announce that this phenomenon was actually an outcropping of a program that began in 1961 and that he would be writing a book that will tell how the project was conceived, how it progressed, and why. Edwards admitted in the interview that anger made me interested in the cattle mutilations. It disturbed me that the public would take the word of officials that no one was willing to look into it themselves. So, you know, Edwards is is in this interview saying he's got all the answers, that he's mm-hmm. he's put the pieces together and he knows what's going on and, and he's, he's written about a to book. spill it. Yeah. Which is of course the best way to sell a book is by not giving it away when oh, you're yeah. interviewing. <laughs> Oh, yeah. and by the way, they did it. Yep. Buy, Buy my, my book. book. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like, I'm going to save the $24.95. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but in that same interview, he alleged that not everyone appreciated his investigations, saying, my office has been broken into twice and things gone through. 
blood was thrown on my glass storm door at my home. Edwards also criticized law enforcement officials who were beginning to ditch the cult theory for claims that the mutilations were actually, how many times am I going to mutilate the word mutilation? (laughs) (laughs) He says that uh, Edwards also criticized law enforcement officials who were beginning to ditch the cult theory for claims that the mutilations were actually the natural result of predation, scavengers, and the decomposition process. This would be the conclusion of both a CBI investigation and an FBI investigation into the matter. Now, Edwards called these investigations an unimaginative job and noted that, quote, the most popular but weakest theory is that the mutilations are caused by predators. This is a good one for lawmen who can't solve cases since they don't have to pursue the case any further, end quote. So he's taken an open jab <laughs> yep. at, at law enforcement investigators who looked into this and came up with this idea that it was predators. You know, yeah. look, right Throwing or wrong, blows, man. <laughs> right or wrong, maybe you shouldn't poke the bear. Yeah, um, right. Now, shortly after Edward's interview with the Gazette, he was terminated at the Brush Banner. The new publisher, Drusilla Georgeson, said that it was for, quote, poor business practices. So then on December 10th, 1975, the banner's headline read, ex-banner publisher presumed missing. The paper hmm. reported that Edward's wife filed a missing persons report five days earlier after he failed to contact her, as was his policy while he was away. The banner also noted that while in the banner's employ, Mr. Edwards Edwards expressed concern for his well-being on various occasions. Edwards' car was found abandoned at a truck stop and no one in Brush ever heard from him again. Now, I love the way that ends. That that makes it sound like a total legend. You know, yeah, like right. he just vanished into thin air. But, th- but this is allegedly how things played out. Right. I mean, I, I'm not saying, because you start looking into this and you realize real quick, there's not a whole lot of information about any kind of investigation that went in to Dane Edwards' disappearance. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, other than just the tertiary stuff and the reports and all this. So, you know, even in an article that Chuck Zukowski wrote, he said, you know, it's very possible that he, you know, something happened to him that he, he pissed off the wrong person um, or, you know, that, hey, he had, he, he was nervous and he went yeah. underground. Yep. And. Or this was, you know, something happened and he was just, it was time for him to move on. He was going to get a fresh start and he was going to leave his wife and using the, uh, the, the cattle mutilations as a way to drop hints at work, you know, Hey, you know, this somebody threw blood on my screen door and, you know, I've been getting some threatening phone calls and, you know, I'm kind of worried, you know, that I've really upset some folks. And so he, he mm-hmm. plants a seed and then, you know, takes off and leaves an abandoned, you know, vehicle and, you know, nobody ever hears from him again because he's managed to get away and start a new life. 
All right. of those are possibilities. All sure. of those are possibilities. It just, sure. I, I, I put it in there. We, we discussed it earlier, and I said, well, I put it in there um, because it just kind of adds to the whole fun conspiracy idea behind these cattle mutilations that the, the mm-hmm. one guy that really spent the time to to investigate and report turns up missing right you know after an interview where he just he jabs at everybody for being incompetent and then yeah. you know he's gone right so i thought you know it's it's interesting enough that i was like you know this is it's tenfold hat time, you know. Let's, oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. Let's sit. Let's put them on and gather around the fire, boys and girls. You know, <laughs> tell you a story about right. cattle mutilations. Which you know that leads us to that time that we always ask is, what do you guys think? Because we've we've given you the the tinfoil hat stuff, the the explanations from the FBI and all that, which is you know, predators and, and, uh, satanic cults and all that stuff. But Matt and I have told you what we think, you know, it's the fact that we don't know, but we don't think any of the explanations that they gave us actually fit well enough to hang our hat on. So what do you guys think? Let us know. You know, we, we got several ways you can let us know. You can call us and let us know email or Facebook or however, but you know, in the Facebook group or whatever, but let us know. Yeah, we, we'd love to hear it. Um, like I said, this is one of those crazy topics that you, you don't really catch it on the front, but when you start digging into it, you're like, wow, mm-hmm. what is going on? So um, so if you want to let us know, hey, look, you can you can call our voicemail now. You can, you can leave us a, a message on the voicemail. Um, you can tweet at us. You can you can go to Instagram. You can message us. But one of the best ways to do it is in our Facebook group. Um, just go on there and search Graveyard Tales. You're, you're going to find the show page, and you're going to find our Facebook group. We've got almost, what, 5,000 members strong now. Yeah, um, we've got a, a lot of great people. We have, a, a, you know, a lot of, a, a lot of fun with it. Um, so, yeah, jump on in there. Um, you know, join the group. You know, we have a really good time. Um, and while you're at it, surfing around the web, check out our website. It's graveyardpodcast.com. On our website, you can find links to buy Graveyard Tales merchandise, and that includes the new 8-bit Skull Mike logo, which is super oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, um, I love it. You know, you can you can get that. on. You know, I think it looks killer on the T-shirts and the coffee mugs. Um, but there's mm-hmm. so many products you can get with, if you want some graveyard tells merch, you know, that's the best place to find it. Um, but you can listen to the show and you can become a patron and thank you to everybody who has donated to the show. Um, if you haven't heard by now, we're actually putting video of us doing the show uncut, unedited right there for, uh, for our patron, uh, Patreon members. So you get to see. You get to see how the sausage is made. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so, and, and trust me, it's not always pretty. No. So go and rate and review us on iTunes. That's the quickest way to bring us up the charts, uh, which is just a way to get more people into the graveyard. Mm. So I don't see any mutilated cattle around here, so uh, so we can wrap this one up. 
Until, Thank goodness. Until next time, Adam, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. Yeah.